Hey rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a beginner or a big old kook? There is a difference, you know. And since there's many ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason for this podcast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So grab your life vest and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom, one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, surfcontinuum.com. All right, cool. So here we go. We, um, we're sitting up here at our favorite sunset mm-hmm. spot, and the sun is nowhere to be found. <laughs> <laughs> but we tried. Fully, I was thinking that. When I drove here, I was like, the afterglow is going to be more like a cloud glow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you never know. Like, sometimes those are the best ones. Yeah. So you just got to kind of show up. It's like kind of like surfing. Like, you can't yeah. really judge it based on the reports or what you think is going to happen. You just kind of have to go do it. Yeah, because the last couple of days have been like... Well, there were supposed to be waves today, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It's been really yeah, good. Yeah, it's been kind of sick. Well, today wasn't that good, but... But you know what? Today was kind of good. Well, it was well, still kind of pumping towards the jetty. Tor- yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you could get long ones. And yeah, and it didn't look as good. No. That was the thing. I even I even said it, like, anybody that follows me on Instagram knows, like, how I was, like, talking to my stories, like, eh, it looks pretty shit, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> uh, I don't really feel like doing it. I'm a little spoiled. It's been really fun and good. The colors, how beautiful were the colors they were really pretty the sun the water yeah. everything it was just like pristine summer days and then this morning was like gray crumbly onshore winds oh my god and i went during low tide and i was like Oof. oh god, <laughs> god don't no. make me go out there i was like no actually i'm not doing that <laughs> <laughs> but i actually went out i like i surfed and i was like whoa it's actually kind of fun. Mm. And like I expected to get out of the water and see it differently and be like, wow, like I'll see those waves now that I've gotten out. Yeah. And then I look back at the ocean. I was like, no, <laughs> no still looks like still shit. Looks <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? It's sometimes, you know, that saying it's better than it looks, you know, it's so true. Yeah. It's, it's really so true. true. And you got to have it's faith. all about your experience, too. Like, you know, it's if you really need to go in the water and, and get wet, then you'll take anything. I'll take anything if I'm super desperate. I actually didn't surf today because I was super spoiled by the last couple days and I was putting off like all my work. So I was like, okay, it's not that good. Don't have any lessons. I'm going to go get shit done. And I did. And it felt good because otherwise if I go out and I have stuff to do and it's not that good, I get mad at myself and I'm like, why am I wasting my time? I could be cleaning my car. I could be preparing (laughs) for tomorrow. I could be whatever, doing laundry. Like, yeah, I totally get that feeling. There's definitely times where that's why I try so hard when I'm not surfing to get shit done. Yeah. So that like I can have guilt-free surf sessions, you know, (laughs) even when it's shitty. Yeah. But I do get that. Like when you show up and it's not good, you're like, all right, good sign go get stuff done at home. Yeah, exactly. Clean my room or something. (laughs) Yeah, or emails, like, oh my God, everything, everything at this point. So um, so just for the listeners out there, uh, I'm sitting here with my friend Alexis, Alexis Miller. Hello. <laughs> Hey-o. <laughs> Hey-o. <laughs> and, uh, well, you have a really good learn-to-surf story, kind yeah. of, right? Like, yeah. pretty in-depth and, like, pretty full-on commitment pretty right from sandy. the start. <laughs> <laughs> I sent it. <laughs> Full on, yeah. 
Alexis, like uh, you're a charger. <laughs> you really went for it, and it shows. Well, um, why don't yeah. you why don't you tell us a little bit about that or all of it? Um, okay. And well, I'll just sit back and drink my beer. <laughs> Go for it. Um, I like caught my first wave in Costa Rica, and afterwards, I mean, I stood up first wave, which was sick. Um, I convinced like. I refused to actually pay for a surf lesson for some reason, and I went to Costa Rica by myself because I was bartending in New York City and managing and working 90 hours a week, and I was fucking miserable. Sorry, wow. can we swear on this? Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, I've already cursed like five times. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so I was miserable, and I actually was just like drinking a lot. I was working from 4 p.m. to 4 a.m., 5 a.m., you know, like sleeping, waking up, having an hour, and going back to work. It was awful, wow. you know? And then I had broken my ribs, so I couldn't really like do any exercise for the whole winter. So I literally just worked and slept and drank. And it was like not a great year and I'm not proud of it at all. But if it wasn't for that experience, I probably wouldn't have started surfing because that experience led me to go to Costa Rica. And for some reason I was like, I don't want to take a formal surf lesson for whatever reason. I just wanted like the homies that I met in the restaurant to teach me because I, I saw them surfing and they ripped. So I like rented a board and they met me at the beach and they go out with me and they push me and I stand up and I'm like, holy shit, that was so fun. Mm-hmm. And I get like three or four more waves and then there was a yoga class. So I go back to the yoga class and I take the yoga class and I felt like in Shavasana, I'll still remember it. And I have a very sensitive, energetic body and I also have like, I don't know, I, I just think that like, I just was looking for something to open my heart up again because... I was like kind of shutting my light off with my lifestyle in Mm. New York. Um, And so I remember laying in Shavasana and feeling like my energetic body, it felt like there was a glow in the center of my heart, but it was like golden. And I felt like I could see like fractals of light around my body and it was like lifting me out of like that dark place. And it was such a powerful experience that I like spent the rest of the week like surfing, I mean, like going out in the white water with an 11 foot board (laughs) and and then like going to yoga and then I went back to New York and went into the bar and quit and gave them three weeks and moved to Costa Rica and was like bye (laughs) I'm out they were like we're never gonna let anyone go on vacation again (laughs) (laughs) how how long ago was that that was six, seven, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And then I went there for two months. I went first to Hako. I got, I, you know, typical, you know, beginner surfer doesn't want the longboard, right? So I was like, no, I want a shortboard. And so the, like my friend that I was with, he was like, you don't know, you don't need a shortboard. So I ended up with like a six, six fish. And then we went down to Santa Teresa, actually Playa Hermosa, which is like north of Santa Teresa. And I just would go to yoga every morning, paddle out every morning, still refuse surf lessons. But, you know, like my the local kids would like help me and I'd watch a lot of surf videos. And I also want, needed to get used to like the ocean and being in the ocean because I was living in the city. I grew up in Buffalo um, and I didn't see the ocean until I was 17. But there was like some transformative experience that I needed to have. But I was letting myself like I was kind of pacing myself and listening to my body and just like getting used to being in the ocean, like seeing where the waves come from, seeing how they crash, seeing how I can get around them. Just like, it took me a long time to even get used to being in the ocean, you mm-hmm. know? Cause I was, and I was scared to go out the back because I tried to go out the back one day and got super worked and I couldn't duck dive this six, eight fish, you mm-hmm. know? And I didn't even know how to duck dive, much, like, much less like a, 
you know, kind yeah, of a fun something shape. something with a lot of volume. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, this is weird. So I would just, like, stay in the white water and, like, nailed my pop-up, nailed my pop-up, nailed my pop-up, and drilled it forever. And then I went out the back, like, a few times, um, and then I came back um, to New York, like, two and a half months later, because I had a job in Montauk, and that's when I started coming out here, and that was my first summer. And that's when I met you, that's when I met John, that's when I met Eric, all the Corys wave homies. That was your first, uh, your first summer? Yeah, well that was, I had spent like the month of August out here, the uh-huh. last summer, so it was like, I don't know, the first or second summer. Yeah, yeah, well, second your summer, first maybe. time out here. Oh, I didn't realize that was like, when we met you, it was your first time out here. Yeah, it was, well, it was my first full summer, because I spent, well, I, spent one summer in Southampton and I was working at Dune and I actually was boogie boarding and that's probably when I got really addicted to it because I was I just bought some shitty boogie boards I was bored on the beach and didn't want to just lay there <laughs> and I'd like go out with like these little kids and me and these little that's kids that's so just... epic that <laughs> so is literally <laughs> literally the difference between the people who pick up surfing fast and the people who struggle with it for a long time is like if they have a background in boogie board <laughs> seriously I really I'm dead serious yo me me and coach Evan sit here and we talk about like hmm maybe we should not even like let beginners who have never surfed or boogie board or anything not surf maybe they shouldn't surf maybe they yeah. should actually go boogie boarding with us and learn how to set their rail learn how to wipe out from their belly you know why start wiping out from your feet yeah that's or true. on your way to your feet with a hard board but, you know, we always say that, like, boogie boarding teaches you how to ride waves, and that really does translate to surfing, because standing up, like, everybody focuses on standing up and riding waves, Yeah. but really, it's our kind of opinion that that's the easy part, Yeah. and the harder part is learning how to ride waves, yeah. not ride, not, like, not, and not straight to the beach and going slow, but learn how to create drive with your fins and your rail engagement and going across the face. So anyway, that's it was just fun that you say that because it just keeps reaffirming our point and, and like making me continue to believe that boogie boarding is like the foundation of learning how to surf. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and body I mean, surfing, of it course. It was it, it it got quite addicting. I remember I would be like, you know, just laying there and I didn't want to lay there and it was in South no, it was in like I think it was Hampton Bays. I was at the Pongquag Beach, like over on Dune Road. This is like West Hampton, Hampton Bays area. But like we lived around the corner from there and we'd go there every day and like I would just get so excited. There's like photos of me, I still have them. Like me, just me and like not even kids I know, you know, I would just be out there and they would be boogie boarding. I'd be like, sick one. <laughs> <laughs> like just such a little kid, such a grom. I didn't even know what grom was, but Yeah, but you were gromming out to the I fullest. was addicted. I was just addicted to the feeling of riding a wave. And then when I stood up in Costa Rica I was like sick. Yeah, and then yeah. when this I came out here, level. I was like, Oh, these waves are like different. they're not as powerful they're not as scary oh my god (laughs) then I was like maybe I should get a log and then I saw how like styly you could longboard and I was like maybe I should get one of those learn how to stand up on those and then I'll work my way down Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. then I got one. I went to Aaron Speed and bought like a used yellow spoiler. And my friend actually that I, think I worked I remember with, that board. you must remember. Yeah, it. I do. I do. And uh, my friend that I worked with in the city at that same bar, he like was so supportive and so stoked that I was starting to surf that he came out to visit. And he was like, "All right, I'm taking you surfing." So he takes me there, gets me the board, and then we go to end of the road. We find some random parking 
climb down the dunes with this like nine foot long board. <laughs> but no one was out, so it was great. Cause I didn't yeah. want anyone to see me like kook it, you know? Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. I just want to stand up and like see if I can ride it, like, you know? And then I just test stood up out. and was like, oh, this is sick. And then I remember I would ride my bike cause that summer I worked at the memory. And oh, so I'd like right. work until like four or five, oh my God, wake up at like 11 and be like, I'm going surfing and like put that board on my bike rack and ride all the way from ditch to, or no, all the way from town, town to ditch. And then I'd paddle out. And because I was homies with all you guys, I, in between all your lessons, it was like you, Gavin, John, Eric, and Corey and Tom, and you guys would all just like launch me into waves. And that was like <laughs> the best summer ever. I was like, yes, I'm getting Oh my God. <laughs> then I started like getting my own waves. Hell and, yeah. That's yeah. the real next step. <laughs> um, that's awesome. I, I like, so I, I'm trying to remember though, cause I feel like you had more, um, like chapters of your, your story of learning to surf. Yeah. Well then it, and then I realized that because I started surfing as, a, as an adult, I was mm. like 27 or 28. I think it was 28 when I got my first, no, 27. 27 or 28. I was like my, and I was also in terrible shape because I was, you know, just drinking and bartending the whole time and I couldn't work out. And I have a dance background. I couldn't do any like dance. And I was, you know, doing, dabbling in yoga and I had a gym membership. So I'd go and just like work out. I couldn't do any of that. So I was in like terrible shape. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I need to get better at surfing fast. What's going to make me better at surfing fast? And I was like, yoga. <laughs> and then I was also like, um, I need to fix my lower back. I need to fix my shoulders. Like, I need to fix everything. And then it also, like, the breathing brought me into a really, like, peaceful state. And that experience I had in Shavasana in Costa Rica, I was like, mm -hmm. this, I want to know more, you know? And then I was like oh my God, I'm going to get a job as a yoga instructor at a surf camp. And then I'm going to be able to surf every single day and teach yoga. And I'm not qualified to teach surfing at this point, although I did end up being like a surf buddy. And now I'm like teaching like a little bit, but um, I was like, I'm not qualified, but I still want to have access to the waves. And I also only want to be able to surf. Like I don't want to have to like really work or do anything else like, <laughs> and I want my job to be I around don't surfing. Work. I just want to surf <laughs> yeah. all day. <laughs> like, fuck that. I just want to work. I mean, I just want to surf. So then I met Lois Nesbitt, who I did my first training with. And so I ended up and she did a year long training out of her house in East Hampton. It was like a private um, yoga studio. So I moved to Long Beach. Remember that year that I lived in Long Beach? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do remember With now Ashley. that you say it, but I would have never yeah. like, thought of it on my own. I don't own. know if you ever came over to I never house, did, no. So. no. But we might have served together once or twice. I know Eric um, came by, but um, then I would put my board on my rack at Long Beach, and I also didn't want anyone to see me, like, kooking it. <laughs> and so I'd ride up and down the boardwalk and, like, find the least crowded wave, even if it was, like, shitty. I was like, I don't care. I just don't Whatever. want anyone to talk to me. I just want to figure this out on my own. Uh -huh. And, like, Long Beach, at that point, I didn't really realize that it was a beach break. <laughs> and so I was, like, trying to take, I remember trying to take off at an angle with this, like, giant longboard with, like, super thick rails and just getting, like, rolled and being, like, what's wrong? I could, I could do this at ditch. Like, why can't I do this here, you know? <laughs> and I'm just getting, like, launched. And then finally, like, I decided I was going to point the board straight at the beach, paddle, get the wave, stand up, and then try and bottom turn. And then I started figuring out Long Beach mm -hmm. when it was small. 
but like when it was big, I remember Eric came one time and I just got so worked. I don't even know why he let me paddle out on that <laughs> longboard. I was just getting like dragged down the beach. That's what friends do, you know? They just like, let you get pounded and smashed to the beach. <laughs> it's like whatever, the beach is literally like so close, but I'm still getting so worked right now. <laughs> but yeah, and then finally after that, I came back here in the summer surfed again, worked again, and then went to, I think that was my first year at Rush Myers, and then saved a bunch of money from Rush Myers, and then was like, all right, third world country, job teaching yoga, I'm going to go. But actually, I had saved so much money, I remember that year, that I was like, I'm going to rent a house on the beach and just try and shortboard and learn how to shortboard. What? And I bought like a 6'4", Chris Birch fish. Oh, I, I remember, remember that, that green board. That? Yeah. No, it got waterlogged and I sold it to Jules and she has it. I do not think she should ride it though. It's like <laughs> D-lamb and really heavy. Hey, my board's D-lamb. Yeah, I don't. I didn't mind the D-lamb, <laughs> but then it started getting super heavy. Yeah, like it was no, like it does. Not that it's, good, it's, you know? it's like that's the the beginning of the end. You yeah, know, the D-lamb. Yeah. Thank God I got a new board in the mail. Thank God. Yeah. A new La Mission stick. Oh, I can't oh, wait. Yay. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like a replica of, so of my fun. current board. Yeah. Um, but not exactly, you know, just because you just can't recreate something exactly. Yeah. But I'm just so excited. But, uh, oh, that's, so how did that go? Being, so, living on the beach and trying yeah. to shortboard all, all oh, season. Oh, geez. Well, that was, you know, my friend Lauren Ginsberg was in Nicaragua and this girl Tara that I worked with at um, Rush Myers was in Nicaragua. And I was losing it because I was up here. I was trying to leave, but the guy that I was seeing at the time kept being like, we'll go in a week, we'll go in a week, we'll go in a week. And finally I broke up with him and I was like, fuck you, dude, I'm out. Like, these girls are living my dream and I'm not staying in like, it's December. Like, I have no one to, no one to talk to except for you and you're in the city half the time. So anyways, I just like literally broke up with him, went down and then. I'm not in the city half the time. Uh, no, not you. <laughs> my oh, friend. Oh, you're talking. Yeah, oh, oh, my, oh, oh. my ex, my ex, because oh. he kept trying to say like, I'll go with you if you wait another week. I'll oh. go with you, but I have this job. I'll yeah, go yeah, after yeah. the job. And so right, I'd be like, right. okay, great. And like a month later, I'm like still fucking here. Yeah. And I'm like, I like told all the yoga studios I can't teach. There's nowhere for me to work out in Montauk. I don't belong here right now. I want to go surfing. Stuck right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, you know. So broke up with him, went to Nicaragua, and was going to work at a surf camp with Lauren. But the surf camp scene, I didn't realize this, is super, super flaky and super sketchy. Anyone can start a surf camp, you know what I mean? And like people that's, I've worked at some really amazing surf camps and I've worked at some surf camps that I like have had to quit because they're gnarly, you know mm. what I mean? Like I just didn't agree with what was going on. A lot of it's like partying, you know, like they just get caught up in like, they have the greatest life, but then they just start partying. So. My friend Lauren was working at one surf camp. They needed a yoga teacher. I went there, um, ended up, the guy that owned it was like this weirdo from Florida and did a lot of drugs. And like, we went on a city tour with some of the guests and he literally went on like a 24 hour bender and left us with like a pregnant guest. And luckily we like knew um, the city, like Lauren had known the city and she spoke Spanish. At that time I didn't really speak really good Spanish. so. Um, we gave her a tour and like took care of her, but we were also like, we also had to like cater to these surfer bros and one of them was their birthday and they didn't want to hang out with the pregnant lady. So it was like, you know, and we were like, where's the owner? And he was like literally <laughs> on a 24 hour bender oh and they God. didn't show up to like the next day. It was so <laughs> awful. So then we all get back to the beach and we're like, uh, we can't really be associated with you because you just, you know, we just 
feel like you can't do that to guests and we don't want to work somewhere where you're going to be like that, you know? Right. So we quit and moved down the beach and get like a house um, just right in front of this uncrowded wave. Now it's really crowded in Nicaragua, but then it was only like us and like maybe five locals and we just surfed every day. And it was a beach break, kind of barreled, kind of heavy. I don't know why we decided that, but then sometimes with the high tide, it would be super soft, you know, Mm -hmm. but then... Depending on the swell direction, there's a one picture um, of either me or Lauren, and it's like you don't, don't know, know who it is. We can't tell because it's backlit, but it's just like it's it's probably like a head high, like it looks like it's gonna barrel. You probably drop in if you dropped in like like under the peak or behind the peak, you'd get a little barrel and then shoot out to the shoulder. Mm-hmm. But we didn't do that. We were like getting pitched (laughs) and it's like one of our legs and it's like this giant like wave behind us it's like a little bit over our head and it just looks like we're about to get so worked it's so (laughs) funny and like we would go out and Lauren was like she had surfed for a little longer than me and she was like really aggressive and competitive and I love her for it because she pushed me but she would go out in anything and I'd be so scared I couldn't duck dive the damn six four you know and like so I'd just get worked all the time (laughs) But I, like, made myself do it every single day, every single day. And then I did yoga, and then I would, you know, I started, like, freelance teaching at a few camps on the beach. And um, by the end of the season, I feel like I finally got to a point where I was like, okay, I can duck dive. Okay, I can shortboard. Like, I guess not really shortboard if I'm on a 6'4", but I felt comfortable, you know, on something smaller than a 9 you know? Right, right. I mean, that's a... Yeah, it was a big jump, yeah. But I didn't want to go, like, medium sizes. I was like, I either want to be able to duck dive it or, like, cruise it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't really know about, like, I didn't really know what a medium size was. And I just had wanted to learn how to shortboard so I could do it all and just have all the fun, (laughs) you know? Like, I want to ride fast waves. I want to ride, like, cruisers and peelers and whatever, you know? But then that year, I met the guys that own the surf camp that I ended up going back and working for. Of like four or five seasons in a row so that's kind of like how the whole Nicaraguan thing started well since you definitely have some good experience in that like what are some of the right schools or camps that people should look into or, or if they're ever going to Central America or Costa Rica do you have any like recommendations that just kind of came to me yeah I mean there's a lot of it depends on like where you want to go and what kind of experience you want to have do you want to have like a remote experience where it's just like surf twice a day, yoga once, maybe an activity like horseback riding or going on a volcano tour or going on a lake tour? Or do you want like a mix of like just staying at a surf camp, having access to lessons if you need it, but you don't have like a daily program? Mm-hmm. Do you want like... I'm well, never so, gonna... so, so say a good name for the first school where they have tons of schedules, like, I mean, scheduling, you know, two, two sessions a day, yoga, what's that, what's that school? It doesn't have to even be in a specific country. Just where in Central America would you go for that, the best school well, that you've experienced? Well, there's, okay, so I've never take, I've never been to this place, but a friend of mine that I worked with is now working there full time and has been for two years as a photographer and a surf instructor, and it's called Surf Simply. Mm-hmm. It's in Osara. Mm-hmm. Um, I think friend, it's um, Colin Morse. Okay. Um, yeah, because I know them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they put on, like, an amazing program. I think it's very expensive, like, four or five grand for the whole week. But you're mm. getting, like, one-on-one coaching, one-on-one video analysis every day. Um, I mean, I met the yoga teacher. She seemed pretty rad. I didn't take her class because they came up to Nicaragua and visited. She actually took mine. But I hear that they're really good. Um, there's a lot of different camps in the 
south and in the north of Nicaragua that it just kind of depends um, on what level you're looking for and if you're looking for like just I don't know like the north of Nicaragua is way more remote central Nicaragua is that's going to be your surf program you know mm -hmm. what I mean it's gonna be your twice a day not really any partying in bed by like nine or ten unless like the camps are partying you know mm -hmm. or unless you're partying with the um, instructors or the you know staff but then if you go to central Nicaragua there's like Transito which is the wave that Lauren and I lived on for a little while and there's a little bit more of a scene there there's some restaurants so like you could stay at like a surf like hotel or hostel but you wouldn't necessarily have to be on that program you could just use their equipment or and if someone you're with wanted to take lessons that mm. there's an option they can schedule activities for you um, there's also um, Surf with Amigas, and that is Holly Beck and Jackie George. And Holly Beck does that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. cool. She does it out she of... She was like a big-time surfer. Oh, my God. She surfs the huge, boom. I had a huge crush on her when I was a kid. Oh, my God. She... I... I know her pretty well. She has a house up at the boom and she, um, they also teach out of Pavones and because of the situation in Nicaragua, they've kind of moved most of their business down to Pavones, but Holly loves the boom and she's got a house on the boom and she like, I surf the boom, but I literally sit on the shoulder and just kind of watch people get buried, barreled and I one day will and I've pulled into some very small ones, but never made it out. But I just like going fast and I'm like, I think it's kind of sick that I don't know, I started maybe at 28 and I'm, and I can even like paddle out there, you know, like, yeah. cause it's just kind of a gnarly wave, but it's so fun cause you just go super fast and I don't know, but so Holly loves it and it's so fun to surf with her because she'll go out and like, there's always, you know, rippers there cause it's like a world-class barrel and she like sits deeper than all the dudes and gets no like way. super barreled and it's so sick. sick. And I love, I like literally love surfing and like all the girls that work with her, they all either get barreled or they're just like fierce chargers and they try and like, um, it's an all female surf camp and they run like- Surf with Amigas? Surf with Amigas, yeah. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah really I, cool. uh, They actually did a retreat, an advanced retreat at the boom. Really? Yeah, and they were teaching girls how to do it and no how to barrel. And I was like, dude, I just want to go out there and like sit and like listen to what they're you saying. You can totally do it. It's just, it's, it's just mega commitment, like 100% commitment. Yeah, I know. You know, and set that line. Like, I know. Be looking at your line. It's a physical reaction though, and I, it's like my fight or flight activates, and no matter how hard I tell myself, drop in behind the peak and just set the line and like just make that quick little bottom turn pump and then just like tuck in. I ha I just, I like literally, it's a reflex that I can't, I haven't been able to control my, my mind to like be like, okay, no, don't straighten out. Don't go for the safety. Don't like, you know what I mean? Pull like in. pull in, go and pull in. I just, I can't do it. And for some reason, I think that I'm going to like be able to somehow stall. So I've started trying to drop in on the shoulder and then stall. Cause I'm like, I know it's barely behind me if I can just slow down. But I don't, well, it hasn't worked not, yet. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely harder that way because you're, you know, you're not know. setting it up from the beginning. But I was going to say though, it's not impossible. I, it's got to be a long walled up barrel. Mm. You know, if it's a quick barrel, then that's it's tough. Then you have quick. to be, oh, is it? It's pretty quick wave. at the boob because it's like an A-frame, but then, yeah, so but then, then it's really like a yeah, you peak. have to be behind the peak. And yeah. I mean, I've watched so many people do it, 
and I've seen so many people get buried, barreled, but I also love watching it. It's like the most beautiful wave oh, I've ever sure. seen. It's I still perfect. remember the first time I saw somebody get barreled like in front of my eyes. Yeah. Like not on a TV screen. Yeah. When I saw it and how it was like this dynamic, constant adjustment, like to stay in that location, you know, like it's almost like it's not moving. It's like a freeze frame, but it is moving. Yeah. You know, like they're always in the barrel but the barrel's changing and, and it's like yeah. changing shapes and running it's down like the line. Spring. So you have to make these subtle adjustments yeah. to keep that position. Yeah. And I remember so cool. like that realization, <laughs> that revelation hit me when yeah. I saw it in real life. And yeah. I was like, wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And like, I was, I was a little kid. I was paddling over the wave as my friend was like an older guy, yeah. you know, and I was just always like, you know, when you're a kid and the older guys are just like your heroes. Yeah. And after this wave, oh my God, that was my God. Yeah. You know, like not, he wasn't my hero anymore. He totally graduated to like godlike. <laughs> he was getting barreled and I was paddling over the wave, looking at his eyes like, like wide what? open in his mouth, like just looking at the lip and threading this thing. I was like, oh my God, I have to do that. I have to. I know that's how kind of how I feel too. I, so I'm just gonna keep going back. One day I will get barreled because now I surf with like, um, and I like with when the Amigas are out because they make me surf harder. Because sometimes I go out and I'm just like, you know, I just find an empty peak up the beach and just surf my little heart out. But then if I see the girls like charging, I'm like, oh, I have to do it. I have to do it. like yeah, make yeah. me surf better. But then um, the owner of one of the resorts that's right, the resort that like was in front of the boom, he kind of found the boom. His name's Shay and the resort's um, called Chancletas. He has three daughters and um, his wife is one of my really good friends, Loretta. And his, thir no, she's 13. Sashi. Yeah, she's 13. She um, she surfs the boom now. And it's so cool, you know? And it's I'm amazing. like, well, if Sashi's out, then <laughs> I have to go out, you know? And then we sit next to each other and, like, oh, my gosh, she's so funny. She, like... Her dad gets super barreled. Like, obviously, he, he used to camp at the boom. He, like, he would travel all through Nicaragua and then, like, found it, camped there, bought property, like, owns a lot of property up there now, built this, like, beautiful resort and um, super gnarly dude, like, such a teddy bear. But, you know, he just, like, he knows where to sit, literally just takes two paddles, stands up, and is just, like, the best wave of the day, you know? And it's, like, super epic. But Sashi and I you know we're on the shoulder still and I've been seeing some videos of her lately and she's ripping and I know when I go back she's probably going to be getting barreled um and she got a little barrel when I was there and she came back out and she was like I just got my first barrel and I was like oh my god it's in the water <laughs> but she speaks like fluent Spanish too and she's this like little blonde girl but they go to a private school in um Chinandega but they actually because of the situation their um school was shut down and then they ended up like going into homeschooling. Um, but she is really, she's like, you know, at that age where she's kind of friends with the local homies, but she's also like fights with them, you know? And she's like, they're so annoying, like all the local boys. And they are, they come out and they sit on top of us and try and make it like, oh, look at us rip, look at us rip, you know? And we're like, get away from us. We want to get waves. <laughs> and we get like so annoyed with them. And so one of them, had either dropped in on me or like splashed me or something, but it was like super rude. And we had been talking about him like the last two days and we we're like, we don't like him. Like we need to get away from him or whatever. <laughs> so she sees what he does to me. And I can't remember if he splashed me or dropped in on me or paddled, like maybe he back paddled me, I don't remember. 
But all of a sudden, he's going for like a bomb, like a sick one. And Sashi paddles behind him and grabs his leash. No way. <laughs> he was like, got tossed, oh, like super rolled. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and I was like, Sashi, oh my God. And she just paddles back out with this like grin on her face. Oh, and I was like, amazing. dude, you are my favorite person and she's to surf 13 with. 13 years she's old. 13. Hell yeah, Sashi. <laughs> Fucking shout out to that chick. Raise <laughs> my beer. Cheers, Cheers to that. Sashi, yeah. Yes. Hell yeah, that's amazing. I know. Stand up for yourself. That's awesome. For your for your girls. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. What a story. Oh my god, it just happened like in December, and I oh my god, she's so funny, and I was like, and okay, so in Nicaragua or in Central America, you say dale, and dale is like go, Go. you know? And Nicaragua has a thing where you say dale pue, which is like go for it or something, but it's like also like it's super, super, super slang, and it's kind of like, you know, dale pue, like that's how you hang up the phone, you know, and you wouldn't really do that, I guess, in English, but they're just like dale pue, like I'm on it, you know? It's kind of like that. It's kind of like I'm on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but then like there's... um, we started saying there's a surf shop there that's called Dale and um, a lot of the tourists think it's Dale because <laughs> 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 it's D-A-L-E so is the owner Dale in today? <laughs> yeah. and it's our friend it's our friend's shop and he gets so mad about it <laughs> but like whenever you know we're in the water you're like Dale, 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 Dale but now Sashi and I are just like Dale, 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 Dale <laughs> and everyone's like are you saying Bell? are you saying Dale? like what are you saying? And it's like saying? a little inside joke yeah it's our little that's so inside funny. joke that's a good lesson for for new traveling surfers, you know, mm. like learn a little bit about where you're going. Learn some of the surfer lingo. It's pretty easy, you know, especially if you're you like like integrated with some of um, like the surf culture and community and, and you know some people that have been to a place you want to go. Yeah. Or, you know, like, I mean, it's pretty easy with Google and all that shit, you know, just type yeah, stuff in Yeah, it's so good to learn. do your research, yeah, you know, because then you bit. get there and you already have ideas about what you want to do and you already have in your head, like, okay, um, like, these are the t- maybe the slang terms, like, is different for Panama than it is for Costa Rica than it is for Nicaragua. Like, right. Nicaragua has right. buena onda, which means good vibes, and that's Costa Rica's version of pura vida, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so... But it's also, yeah, it's kind of hard to find maybe that kind of stuff on the internet. So then that's when you kind of hit your homie up that, like, has, you know, traveled and been like, hey, anything I need to know or, right, right. you know. What are some of the words? What's yeah. some of the slang? What's, yeah, yeah. What are the, like, yeah, there's there's a few words that you'll hear in lineups all around the world, like, consistently. Yeah. I mean, not consistently from lineup to lineup, but consistently from location to location. Yeah. Um, no, that didn't make sense. <laughs> like, like when you go to one spot, you know, one country or something, you'll hear like the same things, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I started noticing that when I was a kid and I just, I always cared to like know what it meant, yeah. you know, yeah. at least good or bad. Yeah. You know, at least know if a local is telling you, go <laughs> ahead, go ahead, go ahead, or get the fuck off my wave. Yeah. You know? Like at least know the difference between how a local is going to tell you to, to go or not go. Yeah. You know, exactly. that's, that's a good start. Oh, that's really important. Jeez. I mean, that's why I didn't want to ever surf anywhere that um, 
was crowded. That's why I didn't go back to Costa Rica because I was like, it's too crowded here. And if I want to get good or not good, but like if I want to get waves as a beginner, I'm going to have to go somewhere where there's no people. And that's why I was like, oh, Nicaragua. Totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. Ugh. So like I, you, you mentioned a couple times like how you, you kind of found your spot to be hidden away and not let anybody see you kooking. Yeah. So now's a good time to disclose either it, whether it was in front of people or not, what was like your kookiest moment or what is like your good story that you have? Because um, everybody's got one, if not 25. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I, I have one. Um, so I, my friend Tara and her whole surf camp crew, they went from like where they were in the central of Nicaragua to northern Nicaragua, which is where, I, where the boom is and where I spent most of my time after that first year. And so she's like, come meet us. It's super fun. And it was like really hot and um, it's really lush and green up there. Like it stays a little bit more humid during the beginning of the rainy or the beginning of the dry season. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'll go up there. It's so nice and green. And like, there's so many cool waves. And I go up there and um, one of the local kids that I had met um, before another trip that I had taken up there who like ripped super hard and was like the nicest kid. He could like boost airs off like two foot waves like on the inside, you know, like the last section. I'm like, why is this thing so good? He's like so <laughs> skinny and just like light on his feet. And um, I had one really good session in front of him, so I think that he thought I was like way better than I was because then <laughs> we, we went to this wave and it was kind of pumping. I didn't know like where the rocks were and I also like didn't know really what he was saying in Spanish. So I was just like, okay, whatever. And like Tara and the whole Rise Up camp is like out, you know? And like, I felt like they might ask me to work for them or something. So I really wanted to like, do really good and I had been surfing for a while and like they the first time they saw me surf I was like super kook so I was like okay maybe I'll do good and then I go out um, get caught inside by a set can't duck dive to make it back out and end up getting like super crunched on the rocks and like board got like super ding there's like a little like it was bad. And then I get out of the water and Alex is like, I'm like, oh, I was just like surfing really bad. He's like, yeah, you were. Ugh. <laughs> I was like, he said in Spanish and I don't think he like realized like how sensitive I was. And he was like, come on, we'll go down the wave. We'll go to a different wave. Like everyone's getting out. It's too gnarly here. We'll go to another wave. Like it wasn't good. It was kind of closing out. It wasn't that big or anything. It just wasn't like working, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we get to this other bay and I, I have dings in my board and I decide I'm still gonna fucking paddle out. I don't know why, how, well, who I had to prove. There was no other board because it's like the middle of nowhere, you know? And I didn't know like Holly yet and they have a shed that I maybe could have gone into. But at that point I just was stuck with like using this board or don't surf. So I was like, fuck it, I'll just surf, you know, and have the boys fix it after. And I paddle out. Somehow I end up like not putting my leash on correctly or something. Mind you, this is like my first year in Nicaragua, <laughs> so I was really cookie. And like the whole, somehow I remember like duck diving a wave and then not making the duck dive, losing the board, and then I'm like swimming and I felt like Tara was looking at me like, this girl, I'm so like embarrassed to be her friend. <laughs> and like all the other guys are like, I thought you could surf, God. And I'm like, oh my God, I just got defeated at one wave and now I'm like swimming for my board. I don't even really know, like 
how unsafe this is, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, And then I, I just remember, like, that feeling. I haven't really had it, like, that bad again, where you just have that feeling in your gut, like, you want to fix it. You wish you could go back in time and, like, yeah. make different decisions. Right. And it's so hard to let that go, right. even though you have to, because otherwise it will manifest in your body as, like, mm -hmm. disease. But you're, like... It's just so embarrassing, you know? <laughs> You're just like, God, I just cooped it so many times. And, like, I didn't even really have the ability to, like, go out and, like, have a great session in RIP because I wasn't, like, good. I still don't have that ability. But, like, then I really didn't even have the ability to have a redemption session. So it was like, <laughs> damn, I'm just going to have to prove myself, like in a year or two but I did end up like working with that whole camp and, wait 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 finish yeah. that story hold on a second so I want to know first of all how did you lose your board was did the leash come off of your ankle yeah or it came was off the, my ankle so my so the ankle. velcro so so the velcro just undid or you didn't like I don't make think a I did it con very tight yeah you yeah. didn't make good contact or something no. maybe you like overlapped it on an angle instead Probably, of like yeah Okay, so 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 the leash was fine. It was connected to your board. Yeah. Nothing broke. Yeah. It just ripped off your. My ankle. problem. Yeah, my fault. <laughs> so okay, yeah. so now you're swimming in to get the. Did you have to like walk over a reef or anything like that? No, it was a. Um, there are rocks, but I ended up luckily ended up in the middle of the, in their sand in the middle. So I like just, a little lagoon or something. Yeah, it's kind of it's a bay. It's called Nawalapa. It's like this little bay. It's really, it's like a left and a right and an A-frame. So that There's was like, that was more cooking it in like your mind because I as much as you think that everybody was looking at you like, oh my God, she can't <laughs> I bet you they were all just like, what pretty, that? You know, I <laughs> they were probably just like, oh, Alexis lost her. Cause you know how surfers are when they get yeah. in their session, they're yeah. so involved in their own world. Yeah. You yeah. Know, but like, also, okay. So another thing is there's not many girls up there. So it was like me and Tara. You know, yeah, and but so you don't think I that feel they like guys, pumped. yeah, you don't think that they were know. stoked to be surfing with girls, especially if there's not a lot out there. Yeah, they well, were no, so stoked to like, but I think that also brings a lot more attention on you when you're a girl oh, and you're okay. surfing, you know, because sure, the sure. guys so are like, can they watching. surf? Can they not surf? They think it's sick but if I you can, and if you can't, they're like, oh, we'll teach you. <laughs> I think that I think that they are less concerned about how well you surf and more concerned about just being around can the surf. girl, you yeah, know, yeah. like just like yeah. surfing with a girl, it's just fun, it's new, it's different when you're always surfing with boys. Yeah. Of course, you are like so ambitious to like surf well and like yeah. prove yourself, not probably, it sounds like more to yourself than to them. I think, yeah. You know, but like, yeah. so you were like just so gung-ho, you really wanted to like prove yourself, but you just weren't at the level that you wanted to prove yourself at, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. You should have been more like, I'm gonna prove myself by paddling out. Or, yeah, you know, instead yeah. of ripping, you yeah, know? Like, that's more realistic, yeah. and that would have been respected too. Anyway, I, I just wanted to say that you know, because I think that it probably was such a kooky experience in your head, yeah. but not so much for them, you know. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, thank you for that. That does actually give me a little bit of like gratification. <laughs> <laughs> How long ago was this? Are you still holding so on to this? No, no. But oh, I'm okay. just like that was the image because I still have this image in my mind of like, okay, so like in the middle of the bay and I can see where my board was and it was literally like floating away from me and I'm just swimming and everyone's looking around like how did you lose your board like what <laughs> like what how did you we're even on a bomb like what happened you know like and I mean to to like be fair I feel like it was me it was Tara we were the only two girls out and then like 
like there was just a couple vibey guys in the lineup anyways I could kind of tell that they were like every wave you get they're like looking at you you know like you just feel like they're watching you anyways and so and one of them was the owner of the surf camp who like kind of gives weird vibes he's a little bit awkward like mm. he's yeah so like he's he ended up being you know like homie obviously and hired me and stuff but he just he's like he's a little vibey and he I felt like he was like just in a like, negative way yeah, like just in a, he almost in, or, in like a judgy way. Yeah, in like yeah. a really like you judgy way. just felt way. under the microscope. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, you know that I literally started surfing like not that long ago and definitely not in Nicaragua. Like I did two months in Costa Rica and then Montauk and Long Beach, mm-hmm. you know, on longboards. So like getting down there and being on a shortboard and all that, like he didn't know any of that. He was just like, can this girl surf? And I, I mean, after working with him, I know now that he, um, probably was judging me to be honest <laughs> but that's all I'll say about <laughs> I mean I guess I guess if he's like checking you out wondering if you're good uh, like a good employee or like good potential hire you know so he was like scoping you out you know but yeah I mean it's it's hard to say you know, what kind of judging he was doing. Yeah. But, you know, like, everyone's always judging everything all the time. So there's a certain, like, level you have to reach, a certain freedom, I feel, you know, and just being comfortable with where you're at and what you're doing. Because, like, there's people that you can surf around that'll make you feel, like, so good. Like, you're just like, oh, look at me go. Like, I'm turning and catching waves so easily. Yeah. Just, like, picking them off left and right. And then you can surf with another group that'll make you feel like, oh, my God, I'm the person. I just felt so much better than. Yeah. You know, like. See, I I felt like that with you guys at Ditch Mm -hmm. that first summer. Like, I just felt like, I mean, I don't know if you guys just literally, I mean, in my head, I feel like you guys just took turns, like, launching me, you know? And it was, like, the best thing ever. And I was, like, super vibed, you know? And, like. I mean, you would get your, I swear to God, all of you guys would like get your lesson to wave and I'd just be like sitting there like, wait, like, am I in the right spot? And they'd be like, go paddle. I'm like, and then come back out. And it was like to such positivity, you know, Mm. and like even feedback, like negative, positive. It wasn't negative. It was more like uh, criticism. But then like, yes, when I surfed with these particular people, like I always like felt judged, you Mm. know, and like, and I've, I mean, still like I went back um, and he like, Certain comments would be made like, um, like, oh, well, you're not going to get any waves at the boom if you go out there and surf, hmm. you know? And I'd be like, yes, I am. Fuck off. Let me try. You know, like, you know? I'm like, okay, actually, now I'm really going to go out to the boom and surf yeah, and get yeah, fucking yeah. waves back you, asshole, you know? Like, but, like, and I'm like, well, I actually haven't seen you out at the boom recently, motherfucker, you know? Like, <laughs> but that's, yeah, so, and, but I mean, he would say that because there's, like, a bunch of rippers around, but it's like, mm, so, I, I go on the cute ones. I go on the key ones and they go on the bombs, you know? Yeah, like, like, that's another thing. Like, one surf spot doesn't necessarily only have one wave. mm -mm. Like, there's littler ones and the bombs and the sets. Yeah. Like, there'll be bombs that come in. There's three peaks, you know? And there's one main peak. And that one, like, is super, super heavy. It's like, it just kind of, it's like a river mouth. And it's, it's super, super deep. And then all of a sudden it gets really shallow. And the way that the sand comes out of the river mouth, because it's like one of the largest ones in Nicaragua, it just, I don't know, like it just kind of like walls up. Mm-hmm. And then it breaks and like, 
sometimes it's like waist high, chest high. It's not very deep, you know? Like you can walk into the lineup and paddle out dry hair because it's just like, just wait for the set or paddle out in a channel, you know? Mm -hmm. But like, I mean, that, it's super, super heavy, but then there's like a peak next to it that's like a little bit less heavy that's still a perfect barrel, but has like a really fun shoulder, and that's the one that I normally surf. And then there's another one that like is kind of like, it can get like super walled and it holds like the biggest size, but it closes out. So it looks super, super, super scary. But then when you're out there, you're like, well, I'm just not gonna be in that. Like I just, where the wave, when the wave breaks here, don't be there. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like, don't ever be there. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. just try not to ever, ever, ever be there. That's so funny you say that. I'm actually working on like a, a little illustration for a t-shirt of yeah. the turtle doing that, you know, that famous scene yeah. where turtle is like, when the wave breaks here, brah, don't be there. Yeah. You're going to get drilled. Yeah. I love that. It's so classic. Oh, <laughs> my God. Well, okay. So, Mikey um, de Temple and, like, he has been going to the boom uh, for longer than I have been going. Like, uh, maybe, like, seven or eight years now. Um, and staying at Chancletas with Shay and Loretta. And, like, they love him. He loves them. And he always brings down, like really styly boards like single fins twin fins like he longboarded it in his movie sight sound he gets barreled on um at the boom on a longboard it's so gnarly it's so cool he like pull, gets in super early and then runs to the nose and then runs back and gets barreled and it's like oh, wow. oh my god um but they come down and it's cool to see them surf because everyone else is on like little tiny short boards and like mikey will be in a barrel with his like toes on the nose yeah yeah, um, yeah. And it's but like he man. brought this one um, dude like two years ago, um, Dean, and he oh, I forgot his last name. Dean, I don't know. He's his, anyway. So he they go out one day and it's super super big. Like like I think Dean was like six three or six four and it's like way like over his head. Like really. Do you know? Um, Zach Bush, mm -hmm. you know how tall he is? Like it was yeah. over his head, like wow. over his head. And um, because Zach was there too that year. And um, it, it's just like about to drill him, like fully drill him, like a super huge thick lip. And he he was like that, the caption of his post was, if when the wave breaks here, don't be there. <laughs> <laughs> like just, I was like, your poor body after that. Cause wow, like that looked so painful. But I guess if you learn how to fall and ragdoll and stuff. But then also one time when Mikey was there, his friend Alec Parker dropped. He went surfing at low tide and he, I think he dropped like at a maybe eight to nine foot low tide, like draining barrel and um, compound fractured his shin. I don't know if it was his tibia or his fibia or both. Three hours away from Managua, same day he was supposed to fly out. Boys make like a splint with like leashes and like rush him out and he gets to Managua, obviously doesn't leave that day. I've been to the hospital in Managua with various clients with for surfing injuries and I've had to translate everything, you know, like didn't, he didn't speak in any Spanish either. So that was, um, that was kind of gnarly and I don't wow. think he surfed for a year. Really? I'm pretty sure he didn't surf for a year after that Whoa. yet. Whoa. Did you, you went with them to I the didn't go, no. It was oh. like Lee, Rick Solano, and like Lee wrote something about it. Um, yeah, I actually remember this now that you're yeah. saying it. Yeah, but like I don't, I'm pretty sure because I remember seeing Mikey and being like, dude, how's your friend? And he was like, he still hasn't surfed. And I was like, oh, 
And then I don't think he surfed for like a year. Wow, wow. Mm. But um, I mean, it's pretty, the boom's pretty, like. Sounds like a heavy wave. Sounds like yeah, a wave I'd would, like to go surf. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you definitely, I would, I've been dying for the homies to come. Like if you guys all came down there, I feel like I could get barreled. <laughs> you guys have coached me so much, you know, and like I feel like if it was like you and um, Corey and Eric and everyone, I'd be like, okay, guys, just like if you guys told me to go, I would be like, I trust them. They're, they're not going to set me on a, in this shitty one. Like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go and just li literally paddle and stand up and try and do it, you know, because I've been worked by the boom. I'm not scared of that. It's just like, I'm kind of scared of like where my board's gonna go when I fall. I don't mm. want the board to hit me because I've seen so many people. Like one time I saw a guy pull a fin out of his calf. Oh my god! He had been like rolled, and like he and it was really shallow. And he reached back. I thought he was like reaching for his leash, and he like plucks out a fin from oh his calf. Oh my god! And I was like, bo oh so my god! So not only god. did it get stuck in his leg, but it got pulled out of the board. It, yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> That's, That's insane. That's how hard he got rolled. Ugh. I know. It was like, it was like so close to his tendon. So close. And wow. so, um, yeah, I'm like scared of that because I don't, I've landed on my board myself, you know, and like, mm -hmm. thank God I got a little cushion on the bum because I've like, you know, <laughs> hit the bum a bunch and broken a fin box out on the, on it and like I hit my elbow once. I remember that one, the yeah. giant black and blue. Oh no, right? that, yeah, that oh, was, was a different that a different one? one? <laughs> yeah. How many times have you hit your ass? <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> and whenever I go right, I don't know what it is. Whenever huh. I go backside, I think I kick the board out and maybe don't do it right and then you land on it. You have to see it. yourself surfing and you might, yeah. you might pick up on um, like a little like habit or, or constant like little reflex you have. It's like a and backside thing. Hmm. Yeah, I like kick it out and then I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. But like I think I think one of the keys to like not getting hurt when you're getting barreled is to try and stay on your board as long as possible. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, no. When yeah. people people get hurt because they bail too early. Yeah, that's you I've know? I've done I've hurt myself that way too. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like I, if you, you, don't surfing, you don't commit. You don't commit. Yeah. If you keep surfing and you keep trying like you fight to stay on your board and let the wave wipe you out instead yeah. of you bailing. Yeah you're much less likely to get hurt because you kind of are going with the direction of the wave. I don't know. I can't explain it actually in words. I just feel like that's what I've experienced. You yeah. Know? And I've always gotten hurt or injured when I bailed too early as opposed to when I just kept getting to, getting, even in a closeout. <clears throat> when I knew it was going to close out, you kind of just keep riding it until the thing like circulates you and like yeah. starts lifting your board up the face and like, whoa, look at that. Oh. What's that? Oh, it's one of those... Terrible balloons. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like, sometimes we see shooting stars up here that last yeah. for like seconds. I was it's like, insane. no, it's too close. But there is a star right there. Um, but anyway, so like if you're like riding a closeout and it starts sucking you off the face because there's nowhere else to That's go. That's what I feel like is going to happen. And the then trough. I'm just scared that like it's going to stay. In my mind, the board gets sucked over, somehow flips over, and I land on the fence. <laughs> I don't yeah, know why. Yeah. I mean, that that's just, yeah, you, just, you just have that fear. Yeah, you I know. Have to somehow, and somehow I'm like, in the board over. that I ride there is like, I was riding a Hypto Crypto there, which like is it's great for me because it paddles and um, it's super fast, but it, it didn't have a lot of rocker. So I had an, I got another board that had like a ton of rocker in the nose for the steep drops, but the nose was so pointy that I also imagined that somehow lacerating me <laughs> and I just am like uh, like I, I'm either going to flip it and land on the fins or I'm going to land on the nose or I'm just going to straighten out. 
but I think I think the trick is to stay connected to the board yes. as long as possible until the wave knocks you off, and then once the wave does knock you off, go with the like the circulation of it. Yeah. Like so the the face is lifting and pulling water up yeah. and then falling forward and try to get in that washing machine circulation. I always fall into the trough. Yeah. You know, like I always let myself go right into mm -hmm. the trough and let the lip push me down mm -hmm. and usually out the back. Right. And when you do that, your board goes is on the opposite end of it. So your mm. board's up in so the your board's lip. Up in the, yeah. yeah, so then my it board's lands in the white water, right. like the froth. Yeah, yeah like my board's fluff. getting sucked yeah. up the lip when mm -hmm. I'm falling in the trough. But if you fall in the trough at the boom, you're going to get super slammed. I know? mean, uh, not I feel like, necessarily I because feel like, that's just the circuit. That's yeah. they call it etropu. Like mm. you, you know, etropu, oh, like yeah. the most slabby name brand slab of the world. Yeah. you know, surf spots. Um, they call it like the hand of God because you think that you're just gonna eat shit on the reef, but because of the way the wave impacts, and this mm. is true of all waves, it just the water not only impacts into the trough, but like that impact spreads forward of the wave and back of the wave and creates mm -hmm. like a like a lift that mm. you get sucked into and get pushed out the back. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't, you'll never hit the reef, mm -hmm. but like in the many times that you're like, oh my God, I'm fucked. I'm going to get smashed. Yeah. You just get like spit out the back. Yeah. But it's like, because it's it knowing is, where to fall. It's so powerful too. Like as long as you see, and I feel like there's also a book, um, I, I can't remember, surf, something about surfing Jesus or something. Oh, not surfing East Jesus. of Eden? Maybe. Where the guy gets Lyme disease. Yeah, east of Eden. Okay. No, no, no. West of Jesus? Yes. East of Jesus. West of Jesus. West Is it of West? Jesus. It's something of Jesus. Shit. I actually read that book. One of my students. So you know how he talks about when you're surfing and you're on like a bigger wave or a more aggressive wave, your adrenaline kicks in and you almost get like a seventh sense because all of your senses align mm. and it makes it so you have to make the wave because yeah, otherwise yeah, you're yeah. going to like eat it. Like... I wonder if that happens when you're like about to get a barrel or about to eat it or like you're looking in your whole like everything just aligns so that you just like get to this one spot where that's exactly where you need to fall to not get hurt. You know what I mean? Totally. Or it'd be cool if you could like <laughs> develop that. I, <laughs> I, I think, well, I, I, you definitely can develop it. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I mean, you know, you just have to start in waves that are like reasonable size for you yeah you know yeah like waist to chest high tubes yeah yeah you know and just oh. learn how to kind of fall that's my like favorite what's size it's so cute <laughs> oh, i love that size too and then i'm know? like okay head high is great and then a little overhead i'm like okay then that's when i watch people get bare. yeah well that's when you want to be that's when you want to have your good idea of where you're gonna fall yeah how you're gonna take like yeah. all your plans should be ironed yes. out by by the time you're getting into overhead waves yeah you know, but it, it's, it's, it's so, it's so dynamic. Like there can be totally safe overhead waves, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess not. Tubing waves. Mm. If it's tubing, it's pretty heavy. Yeah. Like proper tubes. Proper. So definitely keep it head high and under. Yeah. But there's even like, there's like Almondy tubing waves and then there's like below sea level tubing waves, you know, <sighs> and even a waist high wave that's below sea level can fuck you up. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the the boom just can fuck you up. I've seen lots of people just get so, really like even Shay 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 broke his back, wow, and had to be driven to Managua three hours. And my friend, every, like my friend Josh, last year, like he 
got to thin to the back of the head three stitches like laying on the beach just like oh you know and I'm like oh my god Josh like no and I mean it's yeah it's definitely so I was gonna very selective kind of thing yeah but that's a good thing I mean listen surfing doesn't have to all be like near-death experience you know (laughs) yeah I I know that's why I'm like oh I love logging it's so (laughs) so mellow that's great I can just cruise and dance on the board and that's great like (laughs) not critical because actually the last time I was at in Nicaragua I was only like I wasn't really driving to any other waves at that point I would just go and surf the boom and about like four months in or three months in I was like I would really love to go surf a wave that's not as critical you know (laughs) and I'm like not as stressed out yeah yeah like every session is a stress yeah every session Uh, I'm like oh my god it's just and then also it gets old like the short and fast if you're not getting barreled I guess kind of gets old and I'm like okay I at least need to practice turning yeah 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 Well, I was I was gonna ask you like what is your fears in surfing, but I kind of think I got that already. Yeah, huh? yeah. Fins well, and you noses know, to the that is, but like I don't mind. Like I'm not, I I'm not. I'm definitely scared of like getting a fin and a nose to like any part of my body. But I'm also scared of like being held under for a long time. Mm. You know, and like, like I drowning. Basically. Yeah, basically, I'm scared of drowning because there was a few times in Transito where I was like. I just don't know if it's if I'm gonna come up or what's happening. Like one time I got my contacts ripped out because I was freaking out and I was trying to open my eyes and come up and then I couldn't see anything. It was big and I was like motherfucker. It's like Jace. And then um, there's this other wave there. It's called Porto Sandino, and it's a left hand like. It's not a peeler. It's like a deep water left hand like perfect, really, really, really long point. I don't know how many meters it is but it's like long enough so that like there's a couple camps there that like pick you up by jet ski because you can pay for like you know high-end service like that other people don't like it but um and I remember a couple times I was surfing there and if you get caught on the inside it's like you're you kind of have to get picked up by a boat and a few times I did get caught on the inside and there's like no it's deep water you know so I'm just getting rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled and like my boy I don't even have my board because that got ripped out of my hands and I'm like I don't like this at all like being on the inside kind of in the middle of nowhere where a boat has to come pick you up but the boat actually has to know that you're on the inside first so you have to be able to like get out of the water like put a signal up so that was actually just like a little scary <laughs> yeah you always want to be in the ocean when you're very confident of yeah your, like ability to perform in those conditions you definitely don't want to count on somebody else yeah that I mean, was definitely nice a beginner that... like I was that was my maybe first year surfing in Nicaragua as well and mm. for some reason everyone was like yeah you'll be fine you'll be great you'll be great and I'm like yeah I don't think so yeah, but okay well no they were all like they were from Jersey and they thought like that I could surf and I was like look guys I've literally surfed for like a year in not very powerful waves you know like and now this is the year where I like definitely want to push myself so I did but there was a few times where I like uh, I don't like being caught under in the inside you know I mean no one likes it yeah but, but I was like not confident you know and I was yeah, like yeah, now yeah. I know I'm like okay just duck dive keep your what I did is I developed like this trick because I was like I have to keep my heart rate down because I'm expending way too much oxygen yes. and I'm freaking Pace. out Pace. 
Yeah, so like I used to, well first this one guy told me to do these like breathing techniques like right before you're about to duck dive where you're just taking tons and tons of oxygen in. So you're like, and then you already got like those three giant breaths. You've opened up the lungs. So then you can hold your breath for a long time and you it makes you think that like you've got enough air to hold. Mm. And then I would sing like 90s R&B and pop songs to myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like really weird. But like I would literally be under there like singing like SWB and like Tony, Tony, Tony and TLC and Bow Bib DeVoe because I thought it was funny and it would distract me and I'd be like I'm literally like um, singing these songs that are making me laugh and so it's distracting me and then all of a sudden I pop back up yeah, and yeah, I'm like yeah. oh yes and then I'm like oh my god I'm gonna get worked again and I'm like I get so weak and like singing that <laughs> underneath and I'm like yeah no, 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 I love this song oh, and then I come amazing. back up and I'm like oh I'm still getting work I'm still on the inside sick let me duck dive a million more times but like it helped you know and yeah, it started whatever. like like you gotta yeah, find your little tricks it just relaxed me I don't know why like, Whatever, it doesn't matter. You don't have to know why. Just <laughs> stay calm. That's so funny. The only way that songs come into my session is I always have like a song stuck in my head. Yeah. And I like I'll like when I'm waiting for a wave, I'll just be like randomly singing a song. Like mm. and it's not it's not even like a good song. It'll be like this is the song that doesn't end. I'll be sitting out there like, how? where did this come from? Mm. Where did my, that song just pop into my head? It's so weird. but And it, like all session, I'll just be like, na, 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 na. damn it, stop it. Yes, <laughs> I know. That happened to me the other day. I went to um, teach the Spanish yoga class and I, they played bachata at like 7.40 in the morning and they played like my favorite bachata song and bachata's very like twangy and it's like the whole day. I'm literally like in the lineup just like and I'm like ah, it makes me want to dance too and it reminds me of Nicaragua so it makes me like super happy and I had it stuck. It's like a wormhole that like the sound keeps repeating itself yeah, and it must yeah, have yeah. to just like repeat itself so many times until it deletes itself yeah like, yeah yeah <laughs> yep i think sometimes yeah. it helps to hear the song like the actual artist or the, the recording yeah sometimes and then it, it makes it goes worse. away yeah. oh yeah sometimes it does it's, make it's it like, worse it's though. like a risky game yeah you know? sometimes like i just gotta hear it and yeah it'll satisfy me yeah and, and then, then you're like, it, oh, like oh no, man that's that that's what work. i needed to hear i'm gonna keep singing <laughs> That's so funny. You're like, no, now it's just, now it's just like. Now the urge is stronger. I know. Now it's just reinforced itself. God damn it. God damn it, they're reproducing. You're like, now the wormhole's in my right and my left brain. Fuck. Uh, um, okay, so before we wrap up, I someone gave me this really good idea, and I, I think I'm going to start trying to do it. Yeah. So you're going to be my first. Okay. So what do you think, or not what do you think, what does being a kook, or what is a kook to you? Oh, jeez. Yeah, um, right? It's a good question. That is really I tough. Ah, because uh, I, I don't want to say anything bad, but I'm no, going to speak from the heart. Yeah, speak from the heart. heart. Don't think too much about it. I personally, you know, I know this is probably maybe 
I think that I'm still a huge kook because I paddle out and you can't get the smile off of my face. And I literally am like smiling and people are looking at me and I don't know that I'm doing it. And so people are like, like, like you look so you look so happy you look so happy all the time and I'm like "Ah, I'm just squinting and then I started calling it glinting so I was like squinting and grinning so Uh. I was just like but I really just get a smile on my face in the ocean but I think a kook is somebody that doesn't inform themselves like Mm. there's knowledge out there for you at your fingertips and I mean maybe it's just a person that just wasn't you know didn't didn't have like a inclination towards common sense you know and is more like a totally. book smart someone or some I don't it may be like they think that I'm a kook you know like but I just think that like if you have information at your hands and you know that you want to be good at something then why would you kook it and not do your research right. and do your info you, you know fucking nailed it that was such a good answer honestly I like so the intro of the kook cast part of the intro is like are you a beginner or a big old kook <laughs> and like I like to say that because I kind of want to like I want to segregate those two terms like being a beginner and a kook are different things. Yeah. And you just nailed it when you said like a kook is someone who doesn't inform themselves. Yeah. A beginner is humble, knows they're a beginner, yeah. asks questions, yeah. like wants yes. to learn. Yeah. A kook is like I got this. Yeah. I can do it. I'm yeah. sure it's as easy as it looks. Yeah, and they're know? like, oh, yeah, it's totally fine to just stick my board out of my Cadillac or whatever, yeah. you know, or out of my convertible. And you're like, no, like, the beginner is, like, asking the teacher, like, what's the best way to transport the board? Yeah, like, yeah. I literally was, like, watching everything. Like, how do they do that? Where's the fingo? Like, how does everything work? You know, and that's because I was just super obsessed and fascinated. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was a different level of, like, obsession, you know? But even, you know, just being so assumptive like you know everything and you're right and you're entitled and and you have all the information but really you've just stuck your board out of your convertible and it's not (laughs) safe and it looks kooky and you're you you know and the beginner's like okay what kind of racks do I need is it okay to put it in should I put it in a bag should I you know get it like how do I store it like stuff like that you know like Mm -hmm. even how do you carry it like some some girls can't get their arm all the way around the longboard you know so like they have to carry it out to the side like you know just on their hip or something Mm -hmm. like that or on your head or I mean you can get those little handle things if you really need them but like you know like asking the questions rather than just being like like literally putting it like leash dragging you know something like that (laughs) that's how Ev says it leash dragger I saw the greatest it makes me so uncomfortable oh no it did it was actually over the rocks it was reverse no it was was across the beach but it was reverse leash dragger they were dragging their board by the leash that's what I mean dragging your board by the leash if you can't if you can't carry it that's horrible I know I've seen people do that they do it in the white water because they're just like they didn't know that they have to like touch the board and turn it around and instead they're literally just like dragging the board behind them and I'm like that makes me so uncomfortable to watch that like how could you think that's okay oh it's cringeworthy yes it's horrible uh well I got one if you're not subscribed to the kook cast you're a kook kooking it kooking it Go on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it is that you listen to this kook cast on and don't be a kook by subscribing (laughs) (laughs) and if you really want to be stellar you just leave a rating or review
Um, we appreciate everyone listening all the time, always. That was Alexis. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. This is so fun. <laughs> that was a really, was really awesome fun. discussion. I loved hearing all your stories, and I knew a lot of that going into this. Yeah. But naturally, like little details come out that I didn't know. And yeah. That's the and they I came love. out too, like that I didn't even tell you, and I didn't even know they were going to come out. And then all of a sudden, it was like. This is the depth and the gravity of the experience that's somehow coming out right now because I know that it like needs to be told and yeah. it's like that's you know coming from the heart you know because it is like has such a it's it kind of surfing saves remember when you had those t-shirts mm -hmm. like it really saved me it saved me from sleeping all day drinking living in the city doing that whole like that's exactly you know. why we made that shirt so yeah. me and John came up with that concept because one of our friends we were like Damn, what would he be doing if he didn't have surfing? Yeah. We were like, fuck, surfing saved his life. Yeah. And then it hit me. I was like, wow, surfing saves. I was yeah. Like, it's almost like religious. Yeah. It's almost like it spiritual, is. you know? Like it, it is literally spiritual. can save you yeah. from a bad life. And so, and actually, I have, I'm, I recreated those shirts. Good. So everybody can go on thesurfcontinuum.com <laughs> yes. and buy one. <laughs> cool. Hell yeah, that was a great discussion. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. Woo! Woohoo!